Hello everyone and welcome to our second episode in the Black History Month series. In today's episode, Ilya and I meet Dimitri Delore and talk about her experiences as a speech and language therapist. Let's begin with Dimitri telling us all about her time in Barbados. Hi everybody, I'm Dimitri Delore. I am currently a speech therapist working within London. I work within mainstream primary schools and also resource provision specifically for children with autism. That is in primary school as well as secondary school. So today before we kind of start off about my speech therapy career, um, or really we want to go back to the foundation and that is that I actually got the opportunity to do an internship in Barbados. So I am a St. Lucian, born and bred. Um, I am a Caribbean girl. And so when I had the opportunity, when I heard about the opportunity to go to Barbados, that was really exciting to me. Not only because I'm from St. Lucia, but also because my stepdad, um, who unfortunately has passed away now, but was so integral to me being, um, you know, growing into the, the young woman that I am today, he was from Barbados. And so when I heard about Barbados, I was like, I've got to go and I've got to kind of honor him in that way. So this was something that was arranged by my university, which was City University of London. And so it was 10 months and I worked across two sites. So one was Lockerbie College, where I worked three days a week. And that was working with students aged 8 to 18. And so really from primary school all the way up to um, second, um, secondary school and actually really um, sixth form as well. And then also working in um, within, with Sharika Bentham as part of Easy Speak Enterprise. And that where she works has a client group of kind of two to nine in terms of pediatrics and she also works with um, adults as well so a really diverse um, caseload but actually came with its challenges being a newly qualified being in a new country <laughs> being in a new environment it was it was it was a lot um, but I do want to say what it um, particularly within Lockerbie one of the things that I was able to develop and raise my awareness to see that actually I needed to do a lot more work in understanding was the link between language and literacy so thinking about actually how can we support students who find phonics and phonological awareness quite challenging thinking about how do we support reading comprehension um and also thinking about how when a student can actually express themselves very well in with regard to their spoken communication but when it comes down to writing they find that quite challenging and not just with regards to um narratives but also an exposition as well and another thing was that i also had the opportunity to work alongside an educational psychologist and so when there was kind of students who were having more difficulties um, outside of speech therapy there was also that support system um, as well so I really enjoyed Lockerbie and actually it helped me to figure out um, or to support what I then went into when I returned to the UK where I worked within Words First that is a company a private company that specializes in um, language and literacy and that link so that was directly from that because I was like I need to better understand and also continue to understand as well so then moving on thinking about Easy Speak Enterprise run by Sharika um, that was a really helpful in, in relation to the job that I'm doing now. I found that I, you know, even outside of doing the course, I actually did the undergrad. So four years, four wonderful years at university. Um, I, you know, I, whilst I had learned about autism in particularly, just to kind of focus in on that, I was still thinking, you know, I guess it comes with experience, but sometimes when a student gets a diagnosis of autism or a, a parent gets, has a child with a diagnosis of autism, there might be, you know, this kind of fear that they might not necessarily live up to 
their fullest potential especially when a child is non-verbal it's kind of like you know you there's an understanding or there might be a fear that the child will, will remain non-verbal uh, or remain kind of at the pre-verbal stage but working with Sharika really opened my eyes to see that you know with the right support there are many students who will develop language there will there are many students who will start talking um and even if they're not talking you know using you know actually their, their mouth but also thinking about you know low AAC and high AAC whether that be a call board whether that be a PEC system whether that be an iPad there are there is there is there is a channel where we can support the, their communication and um it was really really lovely working with her and actually even up to today um you know kind of four years into my into my SLT journey I'm still coming back and thinking about you know the things that I've learned and so even actually if you're an SLT student and you're you know really focus and learn in your placements because they are they're really really helpful and I think every every placement I've had every job that I've done thus far they all come together and um, it's really helpful to kind of put your all your skills together and provide a package where you've got lots in your toolkit and and I and I definitely know that I def I have to keep working on in, in my toolkit I need to keep adding things um but outside from autism we were also doing kind of speech sounds and learning about you know tuning my ears in to I could carry out speech sound assessments thinking about articulation but also phonological processing errors and again absolutely I learned that on the course but there's nothing like being right there in real life and seeing a child and you know really tuning in to the errors that they're making and then when it comes to working with the adult population I actually um it was really good because we I you know I had a, a there was a patient that she was working with or a client she was working with who had traumatic brain injury we also had um you know um a, a client who had dysarthria and then also kind of aphasia so um whilst I think her her caseload at the time of adults was smaller thinking there was actually also dysphagia as well and looking at you know learning about chewy tubes and thinking starting to think about you know looking at students and how they chew and again it was so it was just so was so much and it was such a great experience um and really while sometimes i felt oh my goodness um in hindsight I'm, I'm really really grateful for the opportunity and not only that but i got extra vitamin d <laughs> i got you know got some time in the sun i got to meet new people i have you know their friends and and that i still speak to up to today um and i definitely have to, barbados has a special place in my heart and you know being a caribbean girl it was really helpful to be able to um experience that particularly as a newly qualified slt so, um, Dimitri, let's scale it back a little bit. So, how did you first come across speech and language therapy? Did you know speech and language therapists before? Did you sort of stumble into it like a lot of us have? Oh, um, we're all stumbling, aren't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, I was actually wanting to be a maths teacher, secondary school maths teacher, when I left school. Um, and then I did public relations, and then I was like, this really isn't for me. I don't care too much about IKEA's outdoor living range. No offense to <laughs> IKEA. Um, so, <laughs> um, so it, whilst I, this was an apprenticeship after finishing college. And, um, and I was just kind of, you know, searching for th something with greater job satisfaction. And my mum randomly was like, Dimitri, have you looked into speech and language therapy? And I was like, me, healthcare, it's not, it's not going to happen. Now I've got an NHS badge, can you believe? But, um, and so she, she was speaking about it. And I was like, and you know, parents, there's some value in what your parents say, right? And I yeah. said, you know what, I'm going to honor my mum and I'm going to look into speech and language therapy and see what it, what it offers. And so when I looked into speech therapy, it was actually a lot of um, the stroke association stuff came up and I was like, 
this sounds great. I love to chat. Because that's basically what people think about speech language therapy. I was no different. Um, and I, was like, I would love to help people regain their communication skills. And so that is what opened the door to me looking into speech and language therapy. And to be honest, when I did the like even starting the course, I look back at my, my university personal statement and I think, well, how did I even write this? Because this sounds really good. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I knew as much about speech and language therapy at the time, if you get yeah. me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's how I stumbled into it. And my, um, and again, I think my, well, my cousin had speech and language, but it, for his speech sounds. Yeah. But again, it was just like, oh, he's going somewhere to fix his speech sounds. There was no, <laughs> there was really no real understanding, which is why we have, which is why giving voice is so important, right? Because we definitely need to raise the awareness of SLT within the allied health profession. Because I just don't think we know about it. And, and we do such great work. And I think like what you're saying about raising the awareness is that a lot of people think this is the personality type of a speech and language therapist or, or this is the background you need to come from, like, you know, English undergrad or psychology. You know what I mean? And you're a perfect example of that. You don't have to be in that mold. Like speech and language therapists can be born from so many variety of experiences, which is great. Right. Exactly. From maths to language yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> your mom made you apply and then you ended up on the course mm -hmm. uh what did you enjoy the most about being on the speech and language therapy course oh it's a good question um and I was thinking about it and I wanted to give a genuine answer okay so <laughs> the <laughs> best thing about doing the speech and language therapy course well, interestingly was unleashing my inner kid so in that, I think that I have always grown up kind of like, uh, maybe, again, maybe it's culturally, but you know, like focusing on my exams and making sure I get my good grades and stuff like that. And in our first year, we had to do um, a nursery placement and I'd never really worked in a nursery before, but obviously I went in and I was like, hey, I need to play with these kids. And I think it was from that moment <laughs> that I just was like, the kid was reborn and Dimitri became what you see before you now. Um, but, <laughs> but honestly, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the aspect. I really enjoyed just being free. Um, and I really, in, and I also, I really enjoyed learning to listen, mm. learning to be, to be sensitive, learning to tune yourself in with your client. Um, I think that's a beautiful skill. And I think it's one that is beneficial wherever walks of life. And even when, when I'm talking to my friends now, I find that I'm better able to remember that, you know, you go on a tangent and I'm oh remember. And then you kind of link back and that's because you're actively listening. Right. So I, I love that. I love that it's unleashed my inner kid, but also that like my, I guess my compassion and my listening ear has opened up. Um, through through what I do and I think that that was probably going to be the same for pediatric or adult therapists too mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> I remember my first nursery placement and I was like oh my god yeah. <laughs> like how am I going to play with these kids <laughs> I was like that I was like this is a nightmare get me out of here <laughs> They keep coming up to touch me. What is going on now? Now I'm gonna hug them. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. So, um, what was challenging then about speech and language therapy? Mm, good question. Um, I think the challenging aspect came in relation to the biomedical science-based stuff. Um, I wouldn't have said, I, I've never had a dream to be a doctor. <laughs> so whenever those like, you know, the neurons and cranial nerves and thank God for YouTube at the time, there's a whole cranial nerve song. 
Yes, I would sing it for you guys, but I would embarrass myself. But um, but that I found that <laughs> I found that kind of stuff interesting. I'm um, sorry, difficult, interesting, but challenging because mm-hmm. my brain just doesn't work that way. Um, and I think I also found there were times when. I think because I'm not very, I don't think that's necessarily my strongest area. That was my hardest placement. Um, my hardest placement was when I was working in an acute setting where I had to lie on my aphasia skills and my, mm. you know, my dysarthria skills. And that was in my third year. In fact, that, that placement basically broke me. <laughs> it basically broke me. And I realized that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a person of faith. So I was just like, I definitely am not doing this by myself because I think it's very easy to become prideful. Mm. but after that place I was like god you you done you done done something here honestly (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah uh, I feel like triggered from memories of it now (laughs) we're all in the same boat yeah Yeah. it's so different to peas isn't it Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. yeah but at the same time remember you know, my, my practice educator going, doing like who doing what, which is basically colorful semantics yeah. for anybody who's watching. And it's like, well, you know, I've just taken out the colors. That's that, but that, that's the core thing. Yeah. So for anyone, any student who's scared of an adult placement, recognize for real that the skills that you have from pediatrics can be crossed over. Um, it, they are transferable. I think it's just the mindset. And I, and I didn't have that. I, I went in with, I've never done this before. And I was really scared. This isn't my strong point. And I was really scared. And I think that held me back. Because if you're in your head, it, it's very difficult to mm. you psych yourself out and I think on that placement I definitely psyched myself out but pure, but but also because I think I was doing way too much at university and I didn't prep enough so it was a it was a combination of factors but yeah were you someone who joined like every club and <laughs> not, not not every club just takes one to know one no <laughs> But I mean, the June, June, I don't know, June 2016, I want to say, I, I, we, I did an SHS ball, which is like a school of health science ball. And the idea was getting oh, the nice. MDP team together. Nice. Um, we had, yeah, we had, we had a free course meal. We had a DJ, oh, we had dance, we had um, the choir came, we had um, just, you know, one-to-one performance. You missed it, Ilya, you missed it. Uh, <laughs> I graduated wrong year, damn it. <laughs> Shucks. But, um, but yeah, so, I, so that was, I think that let's say that was on the fourth and I had placement on the sixth. I mean, Dimitri. Oh, wow. You had a placement two days <laughs> after doing something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that kind of failed. But then the party was great. So, <laughs> so it was all worth it. <laughs> so when I, I passed. something like that for my cohort. It ended up just being like uh, a plate of like different types of croissants and stuff. And then it was in the <laughs> And it was just all the speech therapists. It was just women. And oh. then having some croissants and having a chat. And I was just like, mm, okay, I tried. Because course <laughs> can be quite challenging, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, next thing we mm. want to ask is, you kind of touched on a few, but if you could say two things that you didn't know about speech and language therapy before, what would you mm. say? Okay. I was kind of hoping that this question didn't come up because... <laughs> Like, what would I want to know? But um, or what would I what would I want others to know? Is that the question? What would I want others to know? Well, what were you didn't know and that what you I didn't know before you became a therapist? Okay, yeah. Okay, I I think I guess the first bit is just how many divisions we work in, mm. how broad our, our our role it really is. Um, because I think okay, eating and drinking. No one even think. I don't think a part, if you don't have a, a swallowing difficulty, you don't think about it. You swallow 
your high your high your brain goes up and down or whatever it does and you're like i'm good um but you you know the phase of all those phases of swallowing as a was just like wow blown away i also didn't realize that like what a verb was i don't know did anyone when they were learning linguistics they're like wait that's a verb anyway i digress <laughs> i digress but but generally just how like forensics the um you know the youth justice system mainstream you know like it's just it's just so vast so that's that's definitely what one thing um another thing i would i would have known is actually because i didn't know speech and language therapy before my mom talked about it i didn't actually know that it was um quite a specific you know or, or the how or the lack of diversity within speech and language therapy i i wasn't aware i'd never really come across one um now whether that i don't i think because i had experience in the working world in my apprenticeship going into a cohort where there was where it wasn't as diverse i didn't i wasn't necessarily taken aback because i'd worked in the real world where there, mm. i was kind of very few and far between in terms of being employees mm-hmm. um, um but i also i guess that you know even with the, our males as well like you know we're just it's we need we need we need some seasoning you know everybody needs a spice yeah. is a spice <laughs> We need flavor. Came to university looking, you know, hello. And it, <laughs> potential. And I was like, no. Not, <laughs> Not in speech and language. Yeah. Should have tried busier, maybe. <laughs> exactly. So, Dimitri, we talked about sort of your interest in autism and, and your work abroad as well. Um, and now in early years, I guess. <laughs> Um, what would you say your current SLT interests are and is there anything that you'd love to like learn more about or know more about um, or maybe experience more in terms of work as well? Mm. I think my, I'm always wanting to learn. I think we off, as a within the job like you go through like oh, I, oh I'm good at this and you're like oh no I really need there's a cycle mm-hmm. isn't there um so I, I think there there are several areas that I'd just love to grow in even like the whole dysphagia thing I know I'm a little bit scared of it but actually I think it would be really lovely to be able to have that skill set a key area of, of interest for me um is is actually the youth justice system I was looking into community court and whether I wanted to support that and maybe that might be an area that I go in futuristically as well but thinking, I, again, I don't know how the youth system works, but do how, how much intervention are those students given or those, in those young adults given or even older adults given when, they, when it's been identified by the speech and language therapist? Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of rehabil- is it rehabilitation, I would say, like, okay, you've, you know, you've committed a crime or you've, you know, you've done something that you shouldn't be doing, you've yeah. been identified by an SLT, what happens then? They right? call it um, restorative. That are perfect right so so i again i I, it's something because i'm kind of in the autism early years field at the moment i haven't really explored it but i am part of the criminal the criminal sense so it's it's i am like i really am passionate about it and uh but i always think i'm so tiny i might look a little bit tall on this but i'm actually quite petite (laughs) in real life so i think they'll probably look at me like who is this (laughs) <laughs> 18, you know this 13 year old coming to see me I, but you know it's not that I have the brains I know what I'm doing yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but no this is that's definitely an area that I'd love to look into I'd love to explore um another thing is I'm from originally from St. Lucia and so working in Barbados was also really helpful because it allowed me to have exposure to the current that I what um SLT looks like in the Caribbean and so I don't know when I don't know how it would look like, but definitely I have a desire to bring speech therapy to St. Lucia. Not that it's already there, not that it's not already there, sorry, but rather um, we, we heavily reliant on volunteers. 
which yeah. is great. But when you have something like COVID and like, you know, flights are cancelled mm. and also just consistency for clients and parents working. Um, I don't know how, how I'm going to do it, but I, you know, so Ilya, you'll come and join me. Absolutely. <laughs> Miriam, you can come too. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. <laughs> um, but yeah, speech therapy and Sanusha is definitely something that I've got my, my eyes on. Amazing. That's yeah. great. I was going to ask actually about um, if you were, if you would ever go back to work in Barbados or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you said about having lots of sort of foreign aid um, in St. Lucia as the main healthcare thing because mm. I did the Cambodia project with City last mm. year and it's the same setting there. It's there's no, at, well, it's changing, but at the moment there's no local like expertise of any sort of like special needs or um, mm. language therapy service. So everything mm. is reliant on sort of international aid. But then mm. there's a huge problem about sort of like ethical working and, um, you know, working within a UK or Western framework which doesn't apply Mm. and like them becoming dependent on your service and instead not investing that time on training the local um, Mm. workforce in those skills and stuff so yeah that's really that's really interesting I think um we want to talk at some point more in one of our episodes about working abroad as a speech therapist yeah definitely I mean I think what Ghana have done it seems really good it's incredible it's incredible good I would Um, love to go in and like see the practice there and uh let's tag team let's tag team yeah no me and you are just gonna take over the world aren't we (laughs) 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 i was also gonna say that um we've next week actually we've got a really interesting lineup for our episode about the youth justice system um Mm. and uh, i think we've got people who speech therapists who work there and we've got also somebody psychologist i think i can't remember but somebody who works with young people in offending systems and stuff so it sounds really interesting that's another that's an area where I'm also really interested in furthering like like the statistics are shocking and like I'm surprised that there's not a huge speech therapy team working in in um, youth restorative systems or whatever so what do you love about being a speech and language therapist what do I love about being a speech and language therapist? I really enjoy working with so many different people about, yeah, kind of like the team around the child. Yeah. That present. Um, I love being able to work directly with the child. Um, and especially with my ASD population, like when I get some good eye contact and a smile, I'm telling you, I'm like, mm-hmm. I have done my job today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most beautiful thing. Um, but then also kind of supporting teachers to, to, to or TAs to kind of, um, you know, what's the word? Like continue that on, right? Yeah. And like, and, and also in some ways just making myself, absolutely trying to make myself redundant, whereby you don't actually need me because you can, you can elicit those those um those skills um you can mm. develop them further um that's what I really I really really like and I, I mean I really enjoy working with with parents as well um and then I think I I'm you can clearly see that I'm a little bit of a personality so trainings and stuff that I love a bit of a training <laughs> in one of my schools I literally in one of my trainings I was like are you are you yawning oh my goodness <laughs> And I called a teacher out. I'm telling you, everybody was on their toes. And like, anyway. that I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> so, so basically, I, lo- I love sharing information. I like working with a child, knowing what, who they are, finding out about them, find out what the key areas are, and then, it's, you know, um, disseminating that. Disseminating? 
disseminating don't ask me I'm yep. just like, and then spreading that information <laughs> out to those around the job so, yeah oh well I like that too yeah it's so nice like I think it's just I think that's what I miss from lockdown yeah like just that interaction that face-to-face interaction with the children mm-hmm. I don't think you can replace that as much as like teletherapy is amazing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I just think it's really different just seeing the children yeah, um, face-to-face yeah. yeah even I even admit all the all the all the PPE <laughs> yeah and, uh, yeah that's that could be a struggle but um it's when they're excited to come out for speech language therapy i'm like oh yeah. <laughs> you actually want to see me it's yeah. so good oh you are so right I, remember, I was in barbados and then one of the <laughs> one of the little kids i was working with after school actually he was like mom i'm really tired but i really like seeing dimitri and going to football and i was like what hey. <laughs> football and dimitri on the no same God. level <laughs> for me it's walking to the corridor of the schools and all the kids being like hi Rosalia, hi Rosalia." Yeah. Oh, i'm like oh hi everyone oh thank you so, so good <laughs> so what do you find challenging about being speech and language therapist it's mm, a good point um there's several things that are challenging about our job to be honest mm. um i think admin is a challenge um, yes admin is a big challenge i think admin is often <laughs> un- un- not you don't really think about the amount you have to do but there is a lot to do um so admin is challenging i would say also feeling sometimes especially with newly qualifiers and i think i'm getting uh, getting more and more competent i feel more competent I still have a lot to learn but even like that imposter syndrome like you might feel like oh my god like what am I actually doing do I really know what to do Mm. Um, but just remember that you have trained like a number of years and you know a lot more than the average person so Mm. I kind of sometimes have to kind of encourage myself like no Dimitri keep going Um, and then another thing the logistics which is getting because I go from school to school Mm. and you know just be actually being able to just be based in a school and I was saying like you know have a mug you know oh yeah mug in a place (laughs) I mean hello <laughs> I reached out for it, but um, yeah. So because I move around so much, that that's quite challenging. Yeah. Um, uh, but a top tip is wherever you can. I know, like you know, the current pandemic. But I would, I often try to stay in the eat in the in the canteen, eat in the staff room. So Definitely. then, yeah. know you and they. Oh, uh, hi! I'm the Dimitri. I'm the speech therapist. And again, raising awareness because sometimes it's so easy just to be in your little bubble. Mm. Or, oh, a different bubble but in your you know your cupboard um, or your little space and and then you know you go and you see the child remember it's about generalization anyway so yeah. the more that other staff members know about you and what you do and how to use what you what you know is so much better definitely yeah I think I'd, I've learned that sort of I think in my first couple of months I'll just stay in the room that I'm based in mm-hmm. but actually having lunch in the staff room you just become part of the school yeah. and you can just do so much more with the children and the teachers and the TA start to approach you on their own and it really makes such a difference absolutely um, but I think that's it's a little bit more challenging when you have like 12 schools that you go to yeah. <laughs> um, in, in that sense but you know just trying to I guess make everyone feel your presence like I'm yeah here. and one of the things one of the top tips I was told is that like if the if the receptionist knows who you are then you're known in the school mm. so when, even when you go in you say hi you know hi Barbara how are you I'm Dimitri on the speech you know make a build a relationship because yeah. that 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 it, it shows it shows like if your supervisor comes and they're like Dimitri Dimitri who <laughs> you ain't doing enough you giving voice remember giving voice 
So, last question. Mm-hmm. What you've already given so much advice. So many. But <laughs> what final advice would you give current or future speech and language therapists? Okay, this sounds so cliche, but honestly, be yourself. Okay, I. I'm quite a character. I would like to say I'm energetic, okay? And sometimes even I, I think, oh, Dimitra, you sat a little bit too much, but I mean, that's my personality. And if it's, and if I can't be 100% authentic me, then I can't give the best version of me, right? Absolutely, you want to be professional. Absolutely, you want to give a good impression. But, and that doesn't mean that you have to be energetic. If you are more inward and you know you're more kind of reflective, a little bit more introverted, that's absolutely fine. Don't try to be someone else because you've seen your PE be that way or you've seen, you know, Ilya be that way, or, you know, fabulous me be that way. Don't, don't, I, I, no, I, I'm going to forget about you, Miriam. You know, don't, don't feel like you have to be, because, you know, don't be a cookie cutter SLT. Don't, don't, that's yeah. not what we want. All our, in, all, all our clients are, are, are individual and we are individual as well. So bring that, remember, bring the seasoning. Okay. All right. <laughs> definitely that. that's great advice I, love that. I feel like um our speech therapy students don't hear that enough especially mm-hmm. ones who are from like diverse backgrounds like we don't hear enough of like really show who you are because it's, it's always an asset definitely mm-hmm. that's really, really, really nice advice yeah lovely great advice thank you so much dimitri thank and you. thank you for coming on our episode it's been great having you um, we definitely need to think about inviting you to another episode. I'm going to go have a look at the plan and see which one you need to come to. <laughs> Literally, it was amazing. <laughs> it was really lovely being here, and I'm sorry I didn't haven't come sooner. Forgive me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our second episode of the Black History Month series featuring Dimitri. Um, hopefully, you can join us for um, our next episode where we will have another black speech and language therapists and we'll be talking to them about all the amazing work that they're doing in speech and language therapy be sure to follow our twitter and our instagram slt times at slt times slt time to keep up to date with new episode releases and that's the slt for today